Kids around the world go back to school. How we celebrate this? Well, I'm going to share how it's done in Israel and around the world. Texas is on my mind. Two stories from the state where what's bigger is not always better. And the big Palestinian American who's rebranding, well, lies on Netflix. The other story's heartwarming. So, you know, we're just going to jump into some good news. This is the Weekly Squeeze, the only Jewish news show, comedy show of its kind. I'm your host, the very talented and humble Hanala Music. <laughs> and I hope, I truly hope that you did not miss the show that I dropped yesterday. Yes, without any hullabaloo, I just dropped on you an incredible episode of the Weekly Squeeze. So let me explain in case you missed it, because I, I'm a quality girl. If I'm going to take the time to create something, it's going to be good. And I know that my audience appreciates quality. So check out that episode. In a nutshell, I put up on Instagram a question box where I ask girls and women and whoever to share their secrets about their eating disorders or their issues with food. And hundreds of messages, anonymous messages poured into my Instagram account. Everyone is struggling with food. So many of us are struggling with food, whether it's overeating or, you know, the word binge is like such like, oh, I don't binge. But if you're sitting at night and you're eating a lot of food that you don't want to eat, whether it's ice cream or Nutella, hello, I know someone who used to do that. <laughs> um, you might wake up in the morning not feeling good about yourself and you might feel like, you know, I I don't want to do this and I'm still doing it. Why? What's up? I, I'm a powerful person. I'm strong. I'm intelligent. Why is this such a struggle? And, the, and it's not because you're a bad person. It's simply because we are predisposed to make bad choices. That's just the way we are wired. So Cookie, yes, her name is Cookie, which is crazy, but that's what everyone calls her. She is amazing. And I booked her on my podcast, and I got the information for you guys and links for you. This episode or that episode, episode 39, will really help people. So if you haven't yet, you can go in Apple Podcasts, click on the three dots, share, you know, click copy link, share it in your WhatsApp groups, email it to a friend, text someone, call someone up and be like, listen, I I, I know that you, you've admitted to struggling with this before. Check out this this podcast episode. The links are in my show notes and everything is clickable. So if it's green, you could click it. It'll open up on your phone. There's no sign-ins. There's no logins. I made it very easy for you to share this podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's the first day of school. Yes. Yes. And not because I didn't have a fantastic summer. I had a fantastic summer. My kids went to great camps. They were happy. I don't mind the heat. I know. I don't really mind the heat. I am a Floridian after all. But Lo and behold, the summer is over and the kids are back to school, like in the blink of an eye. And it was very interesting because my kids were nervous. You know, they're going to Israeli schools and it's the first day and the first day could be nerve wracking and they went to sleep excited and one kid woke up not feeling well and then the other kid just started sobbing when he got into his classroom. And that's never a good look for the first day. So much traffic. It took me an hour to, I know, you're thinking, why is she in the car? She lives in Israel. Don't her kids walk to school? My mazel, we live at the bottom of the hill. So my kids cannot schlep their backpacks up to school, which could be three quarters of a mile. In You know, it's still August here and very hot. 
So everyone drove their kids to school today. Plus there's buses, plus there's kids walking to school and scooters and bicycles. And we're Israelis and we're Jewish and kids are eating ISIS and there's babies and there's carriages. You could only imagine the chaos that was taking my kids to school today. But we all made there in one piece. And a friend just messaged me that she did the same thing I did today. And she hit someone's Lexus. She drove into someone's Lexus and she scratched it and that... Whoever was driving that Lexus made them get out of the car and show her insurance. And this is your worst nightmare on the first day of school. In the traffic, in Beit Shemesh, in the heat, you hit someone's Lexus. Seriously. Like, my day could have been worse. <laughs> well, kids are in school. We have so much to talk about. I love being able to host the show here, the Weekly Squeeze, and spend some time with you twice, maybe three times a week if there's someone extraordinary to talk to. That's right. All right, guess what time it is. It is time to vent because I saw a video this week on Twitter and on Instagram and everywhere. I, it even came to my one of my WhatsApp groups of Hasidish guys in New York City, in broad daylight, being accosted by these little punk thugs. Anti, I don't like the word anti-Semites. They're not anti-Semites. They're just violent people using the Jews as a scapegoat. That's just what people do. And what drove me crazy and what was so infuriating is that nobody did anything. Seriously, like man up. If somebody comes up to me in the street and starts screaming at me that I'm a this, that, or the other Jew, I'm going to get up in their face and take one for the team. And to stand around and take it, that's why Jews end up being scapegoats. Fight back. Fight back. Be a little scary. Seriously. Yaakov Avinu didn't walk around without a very sharp sword in his belt because, you know, you got to defend yourself if there are people who want to kill you. And just watching that video was like, seriously, oh, so infuriating for so many reasons. So then I was like, you know what? I I don't want to be completely worked up about this. I want to chill a little bit. Netflix and chill. And everybody's talking about this new show called Mo. And Mo is about a Palestinian who lives in Texas. And I was like, ah, hmm, I think I should take one for the team (laughs) again and watch this show for the sake of my podcast, because I'm curious, what is Netflix presenting to America when it comes to the Arabs? Because the Jews, they don't make look good. So I'm just curious, like, what is the show that everyone's talking about, about a loving, warm, adorable Palestinian living in Texas and the life that he has and the rebranding that Netflix is essentially doing um, by sh- by convincing the American audience, that Palestinians are adorable. And, you know, they're these overweight guys who like to eat Israeli food. And you're just going to fall in love with this guy. And you're just going to think to yourself, you know what? These are these guys are awesome, these Palestinian people. Like, why are, why are, why is Israel oppressing them? So this is a very subtle, not subtle way to reinforce the misconception that Palestinian Arabs are not very violent people who almost always resort to violence against their own, against the Jews, and against anyone who doesn't believe what they believe. So now we have this family on Netflix, uh, this fellow actually, he's an overweight dude, he's cute, he's funny, I just watched the first episode, and very likable. And there's a scene where he's in a golf course and he's talking to these other Texans who know nothing about the Middle East, and they said to him, oh, brother, where are you from? And he goes, uh, Palestine. So they say, Palestine, Texas, because there's a, a place apparently called Palestine in Texas. And he goes, no, no, Palestine, Israel. He goes, oh, Israel, shalom. And then the camera zooms into this 
fat Palestinian face and he goes, yeah, we, we got a branding issue. Yeah, Netflix, we got a branding issue. You are rebranding the Palestinians as likable, as, you know, and it's going to be subtle because I know there are Palestinians working on the show. It's going to be subtle. But throughout, I'm not even watching the rest of it, or maybe I will. They're going to be constantly dropping derogatory themes towards Israel very subtly. But they do have an agenda, and that is to make Palestinian people more likable. And once again... Netflix, Yamach Shemai at this point. Netflix, Yamach Shemai. They are brainwashing the people that you live around, you Americans, and in Chutzlaret, wherever. They're brainwashing the world. They have a huge audience that something that is not true is true, and that something that is a lie is true. It's a lie that the Palestinian people are victims. It is a lie that the Palestinian people's land was stolen. It is a lie that the Palestinian people are subjected to torture and abuse by the hands of the violent, vicious Israeli soldiers. Those are all lies that are perpetuated over and over again. I saw such a funny video. So this Palestinian is running around New York last week, and he has a camera in his hand, and he's approaching Hasidic Jews and saying, so what do you think about what's going on in Palestine? And, and you know, you, th- you throw somebody off guard. Like, am I being accused of the, what the Jews are doing to the Palestinian people right now? And this guy just, he machnisht wissen. Like, he just pretended he had no idea he, what he was talking about, the interviewer goes, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna play the clip. That's how good it is. Hang on. I'm going to play the clip. And, and this is a lesson on how you deal with people on the street, with thugs who are trying to trip you up. And if they want to punch you, punch them first. Do you justify Israel's actions towards Palestine? What actions are you talking about? You know, them taking people's homes and... and, and, and no, like Israelis, they're taking the Palestinian homes. That? I have no idea. Are they doing that? Yeah, they're doing that for sure. Huh? You sure they're doing No, I swear they're doing that. No, I'm not. I don't okay, what, what about the war that's going on be- between Israel and Palestine? There's a war now? Yeah. The, the, the conflict. The conflict. What conflict? You, so you don't know, watch the news? I don't watch the news now. So what about what about the, the kids and men and women being killed? What, what do you think about that? Which kids? Palestinian kids, man. Which, Come on, man. I thought there's a war in Ukraine. There's another war also going on. Yeah. No, no, no. That's crazy, man. These wars gotta stop. That's crazy. No, no. There's, there's a war. I love it. That's crazy, man. These wars gotta stop. <laughs> so good. <laughs> this is how it is done. Legend. But back to Mo, the Palestinian dude from Netflix. So the show's getting great reviews. People are saying it's heartbreaking and sharply funny, and it is. And it spotlights this character's, his whole experience, his identity as a Muslim, a Palestinian, a refugee, an asylum seeker, and an American. So uh, I, I, I'm, like, I'm like a little nauseous from all this. But we will move on to another story that came out of Texas just today. And this one is so heartwarming. Of course, it reminds me what a beautiful nation we are, how many schlussen we have, how Hashem is always on our side because the Jewish people are just good. We connect to other people and we want to help and we are selfless about it. And we really, really love Hashem and want to do the right thing. And we want to do tshuva and it's LO. And we're all thinking, how on earth can I possibly do tshuva for all the terrible things that I did this year and the terrible things that I said? I'm a terrible person, Hashem. But we try. And that's why you should sign up for Daily Giving. How can Daily Giving help you right now? Well, it can get you on the other side of the scale where you belong as a Jew because Taira Tfila and Staka, Tidaka, are what it takes to show Hashem 
that we truly want to be connected to him and the rest of Kalah Yisrael. So head over to dailygiving.org right now. You can pause the podcast, sign up. I have a link in the show notes. If you click on it, it'll take you directly there. No logins. Very simple sign up. And you will be showing Hashem today, right now. You will be doing the mitzvah of tzedakah for the next 365 days. You won't have to think, I need a quarter. I need a dollar. I made a commitment to give more tzedakah. That's it. It's all done. Because Hanalat, the weekly squeeze, convinced you that this is just a no-brainer. Sign up for daily giving. And daily giving will do the daily giving on your behalf. And together, all our dollars, every single penny of them, will go to amazing organizations that we want to help anyways. Like, a lot of them. If you go to their website, there's a whole list. And you're like, seriously? Uh -uh. This is so convenient. So I want Jonathan to flood me with text messages in the next 24 hours saying, people sign up for daily giving because they get the concept. And it's Elul, and we are all going to go into the new year blessed and forgiven and ready to rock and roll. That's it. Okay. <laughs> so, where were we? Okay, back to Texas. So, I read this story this morning in a series of tweets. And yes, that is how people share information when they're not on Instagram. They get on Twitter, and they do something called a Twitter thread, and they just share a story in a series of 140-letter blurbs, and you read through it, and this is how information is passed on in our day and age, you know? Let's say, yeah, no time, let's go. What's the details? Make it quick. This is the story. I don't have any extra details aside from what I'm sharing with you, but, you know, you might be able to fill in some of this information based on what I'm about to share, and it's so beautiful and so heartwarming. So if you're doing something and it's noisy and the kids are talking, find the quiet space so you could just enjoy the weekly squeeze for what it is a great show prepared for you to help you have a good time this is like so much better than tv hanging out here chatting talking me entertaining you for free leave me a five-star rating <laughs> um here we go so this is from dr hannah Leibovitz. i don't know her maybe she goes by hannah or hanala but this is what she tweeted she has about seventeen thousand twitter followers so she's pretty popular um her Twitter profile says she's a professor, writer, mom, advocate for unhoused people, chassid feminist Jew. Opinions are mine. She's a she, her, few. And this is what she shared on her Twitter feed. Once upon a time, or yesterday rather, our Women's Burial Society received a request from a funeral home in, and I never said this out loud, Corsicana, Texas. So she is from Corsicana, Texas, Dr. Hannah Leibovich, and she is part of for women who volunteer to do taharas on Jewish people who have passed away, on Jewish women. So she was part of the four women who volunteered to do a tahara at a funeral home in Corsicana, Texas, for a Jewish woman who passed away. So she writes like this. Okay, let's let's give you a little backstory. 20 years ago, when B, that's what she calls the person who passed away, a Corsicana Jew, lost her husband, she began volunteering at the Jewish cemetery, planting flowers and cleaning up the headstones. Beautiful. Wow. Now, Corsicana, Texas isn't exactly a thriving Jewish me metropolitan. There are actually more dead Jews than living ones there. And this woman, this Texan woman named B, she dedicated her life to these neshamais by volunteering. And that's real chesed emes. She, however, didn't know much about the Jewish traditions um, that revolve around burying someone, the Jewish death rituals, until one day when a Jew in North Texas passed away but was 
unable to afford a burial plot. Because of some historical agreement, there are free plots for Jews in Corsicana. So the body came from North Texas to Corsicana, and at the same time, they got a new funeral director from Dallas. So when this deceased Jew arrived, the new funeral director actually knew what to do. He arranged a Tahara service. Otherwise, had it been you know, anyone else, they would have just buried the body like they bury all the Gaim just in a Jewish plot. So B, who was working at the cemetery, she was like amazed. Wow, look at this arrangement they made for this Jewish body. So she saw this and she made her own children promise to do the same thing for her. Now, 20 years later, her children are all grown. They're living outside of Texas. They're not from, uh, but, you know, they had they made that agreement with her. Anyways, this funeral director that was working in the funeral when she was, when she was volunteering, he went back to Dallas shortly after. She stayed in Corsicana, this bee, taking care of the cemetery. And when she passed away, her daughters or her children requested a tahara for her. So four women from Dallas signed up to do the tahara, and this Dr. Hannah Leibovitz was one of them. So they drove down to the city, and they met B's daughter, who she's calling R. Now, R wanted an open casket funeral. She's not from. She doesn't know the, the laws, and we don't, once the, the, the mace is taught her, they're covered with the talus. She desperately wants to see her mother, so they spoke to a rabbi, and they found out that she could be allowed to see her mother right before they close the casket. But, you know, it's hard because, and this, I, I never did it to her. I don't know the details. Um, Hannah describes how the deceased is wrapped in burial shrouds, and it could be jarring for people to see. By the way, if you have children around, it's not getting more graphic than this. It's just very beautiful. So her daughter comes in, at her, who she's calling R. So R walks into the room with a small pair of shoes. She sees her mother. She starts sobbing, and she tells her, you were the greatest mother ever, and then everyone starts crying. And R tells her mother that she brought the shoes of B's young child who had apparently died of dehydration, and she put them in the casket. And she touched her mother, and she said, we're going to meet again, Mom, but it's going to take a long time because you lived a long life, and we are going to. And everyone was just sobbing. So then this woman turns around, and she says, I haven't cried since my mother passed away. And they hugged her and said, of course, it's totally fine. And then the daughter says to Dr. Hannah and the other girls doing the Tahara, can I tell you about her? And they said, sure. And she told them what a difficult life her mother had had, how much loss she had had. But she always identified as a Jew, even though she lived in this small town in Texas. And she was so devoted to the Jews who had passed away in Corsicana. And she thanked us, us four, for being there. So when she leaves, Dr. Hannah describes that they close the casket. They ask for mechila, what you're supposed to do after you do the tahara. When we told her to go in peace and be in peace, I imagined she had said those same words to Corsicana's Jews hundreds of times. So they finished the process. They met with the daughter again on their way out of the city. They hugged her and she thanked them. And she told us how important this practice was to her mother. And as we prepared to leave, she looked at us and said, you know, I think I want this too. And we assured her that wherever she was, there would be a group of Jews ready and willing to be there for her. I mamish have the chills reading this. So here we have this woman who spent two decades of her life dedicated to the Jews of a city. She was completely, almost completely disconnected from a Jewish life. And in her death, we had the privilege of leading her into the next stage. And in return, this woman... 
Always a giver, inspired others even in her final moments. She concludes, the story is going to stick with me for a long time. Every Tahara matters. Every opportunity to do this work is holy. But sometimes you get an opportunity to do something like this and you just can't go back and be the same person afterwards. Wow. All I could say, me ke'amcha Yisrael. We value life. We value death. We value everything. Nothing in this life is too inconsequential, too unimportant to, to not care about and utilize for something good, especially, by the way, your bodies. So if you are not taking care of your bodies, might I add, go back and listen to the podcast with Cookie because she is a gem and we can do this and take care of ourselves and we deserve it. Now, you ever feel like you want to walk and bike at the same time? No, me neither. But apparently some people have because there is something called a walking bike, which is basically a treadmill on a bicycle. And the treadmill, as you walk on the treadmill, it moves the gears of the wheels and then the bike moves, which is really confusing. And for sure Israelis didn't make this because we, we've, this is something that we've created and already discarded. If you would see what people in Israel put together to get, their wheels moving in this country. A treadmill on a bike is not useful. I've seen people on um, uni- unibikes yet more than once, even electric unibikes, obviously scooters, and then skateboards on top of old stroller wheels, on top of shopping carts. Israelis get around and we try to make it as efficient as possible. So walking and biking at the same time, well, I guess if you want to spend $2,695, you could have a low fit black bike type three that can absolutely confuse you because what happens if you're going downhill? Like, do you run faster like Fred Flintstone? <laughs> like, how does that work? Uh, just there's so many reasons why this treadmill bike seems problematic to me. Like, imagine when, when people's dogs figure out how the bike works. You'll have dogs on these treadmill bikes, just running, and the bike will be like going through the city. It's good. Whatever. Uh, you know, it's a modern age. We try new things. Everybody tries new things. Instagram's doing it, failing miserably, but we try new things. Speaking of trying new things, make sure your kids' phones, please, have filters. I don't know this stuff. My husband takes care of it, but it's a crazy world out there, and people smarter than you and I say that our kids know how to get past whatever they need to get past so that they can reach the things that maybe they shouldn't be reaching. So just a reminder that your kids, your teenagers, up until they're 18, so long as you're paying their phone bill, let's put it that way, if you're paying your kid's phone bill, you decide what goes on their phone, and if they don't like it, they can pay their own phone bill, which they won't. So you have total control. Put filters on your kid's phones. If they don't like it, tough luck. Let them go get a job. All right. (laughs) Children everywhere are like, wow, thank God Harl is not my mommy. (laughs) Okay. You could see I'm happy. My kids are in school. We are 22 minutes into the podcast, which means we have about 10 more minutes to share things that are interesting to both you and me. And that leaves me in a conundrum because how am I to determine what piece of news is more interesting than the next? Because there's so many interesting things to talk about. For example, on Kfeller's website, how a podcast about a sandwich helped my son connect to Judaism. Fascinating that a sandwich has to teach your kid about being Jewish. Kfeller. Or a Jewish investor network is saying that General Mills partially reverses removal of Pillsbury products from Israel. Now, I didn't know that Pillsbury products were sold in Israel, but let me tell you something. We don't need no fatsos over here, so do me a favor, Pillsbury. Don't tell any of your stuff here. We good. We got bread. We have ice cream. We have iced coffee. 
We don't eat extra calories anyways, whatever that's about. Benny Friedman has a new video out called Yama. Now, Yama is from his last album. I love Benny Friedman. I'm sorry. I know Benny Friedman's wife somewhere is, is hearing about this. I don't love him that way. I love his persona, his music, his personality. We went to a Benny Friedman concert this summer, and I texted him. Yes, I have his private phone number, his professional private phone number. And I said, Benny Friedman, I'm here with my son. Um, and we want to come say hello. And we went backstage, and my son was thrilled and took a picture with him, and it was wonderful. So he has a new music video that he filmed while he was here in Israel, clearly. <laughs> he's running down the street. Uh, he's running down the street. There's desert on both sides, in his suit, in his jacket, in his tie. And these two Israelis are sitting at a bus stop, payists in caps with their backpacks, and Benny Friedman is, <laughs> is running by them. And now he's on a boat in a lot. And he's singing his Yama song. And the views are gorgeous because Israel is stunning. And he went out into the ocean. And he made this really fun video. He's even sitting by a fire with his hat on, reading Dvar Machos. Such a great video. I mean, just seeing him. And I know how hot it was. I know how far schwitzed he was. This video is gold. He's Maris Machpela. He's in Eilat. There's dolphins. It is a stellar video, and it only has 14,471 views on YouTube by now. So I'm going to do Benny Friedman. No, actually, I'm not. Go on YouTube like a grown-up and look up his video, Yama. From Yama to Lama. <laughs> yes, you heard that right. Lamafont.com, L-L-A-M-A font.com, just in case you don't believe me. You type something. You can say, let's write the weekly squeeze. And what happens is the computer shows you what it might look like if it was written in llamas. So somebody sketched every letter of the alphabet in the shape of a llama, or I would just say every a llama in the shape of every letter of the alphabet. And now it says the weekly squeeze in llama font, which is pretty cool if you want to waste time and you don't want to hear what's going on in the rest of the world. But if you do, don't worry. I got your back. I find out what's going on to tell you guys so that you can listen to this podcast and be like, this is such a great service the Hanala provides. I'm really getting the better half of the deal. Like, how else would you know that there's a mountain called Swastika in Oregon? I didn't know that. And my sister lived in Oregon. So apparently there is a mountain called Swastika that nobody knew about until they decided to, to talk about it. It's in the news, so we're going to talk about it. A mountain that has the same name as the Swastika symbol of the Nazi party. The mountain's going to be renamed. I think they should open up a bidding war. I think there are Jewish companies that would want to advertise their businesses on that mountain. I do. I mean, think about it. You're telling me Simpsons Jeweler doesn't want a mountain with an ad on it, a whole mountain to themselves? But anyways, I think it was already named, uh, or two proposals have come up. One is the Umpka Mountain and the Mount Halo. All right, fantastic. We'll, we'll already forgotten. The point is that the swastika wasn't always the swastika. Apparently, it was something else before the Nazis sabotaged the symbol, but whatever. That that you know, the word, the symbol, it all went to hell with the Nazis. By the way, kids, hell is not a bad word. It was a bad word when I was a kid. We were not allowed to say it. We would say like H E double hockey sticks. But now, I mean, even Bracha Jaffe has a song with the word hell in it, and it just means Gehenim. It just means a very bad place that Rashaim go to. People who hurt the Jewish people or, you know, don't do chuva. And so we don't want to go there. Now, if you're under I would say 25 and you're listening to the show, raise your hand. 
Perfect. Okay. We're going to have a little fun because under 25-year-olds know how to have a good time. And everyone older is just like, I need the news. And I need my self-help podcasts. And I don't have time for fun. But too bad. We're having a little fun. So here we go. 15 tricky riddles for you. And I didn't go through these. I am terrible at riddles. Like riddles are not my thing. When I just I give up right away. So I'm not going to know any of these. But maybe you will. All right. Number one. What comes once in a minute Twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years. Mashiach, once maybe in our hearts. No, that doesn't make any sense. Um, the answer is the letter M. <laughs> once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years. That's a good one. Next, number two. Anyone can hold me, even without their hands, yet no one can do it for long. What am I? Okay, so anyone can hold me, even without their hands, Yet no one can do it for long. Hold memories, hold, what do we hold? We hold our breath. Oh, I see. We can't hold it for long and we could do it without hands. Cool. Number three, I have many keys, but usually only two or three locks. What am I? Uh, the doors to my parents' first house. And that was a whole story where the landlord just like threw the keys at them and there were so many doors and not enough keys. But here there's a lot of keys and only two or three locks. What am I? The answer is a computer keyboard. Yes, there are a lot of keys, indeed. Number four, the rich want it and the poor have it. It is greater than God, but worse than Satan. And if you eat it, you will die. What is it? Mommy's gefilte fish. Um, number four, nothing. That's the answer. The rich want it, nothing. And the poor have it, nothing. It's greater than God, nothing, but worse than Satan, nothing. If you eat it, you will die, nothing. Okay, <laughs> all right. Did I say I hate riddles? Number five, what has four fingers and a thumb but is not made of flesh, fish, bone, or fowl? Number five is a glove. Number six, what can run but never walks, often murmurs, never talks, has a mouth but never eats, has a bed but never sleeps? My kids, a river, a river. What is so fragile, even saying its name can break it? Silence. Tell that to my kids. Number eight, look at me one way and I weigh a whole lot. Look around and you'll see that I'm not. What am I? Instagram. <laughs> a ton. What? All right. I don't know. Number nine, if you have me, you want to share me. If you share me, I no longer exist. What am I? I know the answer. It's a secret. See? Don't tell secrets. If you tell it, it's not a secret. Number 10, what is always coming but never arrives? Mashiach. This is, has to be Mashiach tomorrow. Okay, well, Mashiach is coming, but he, he hasn't arrived yet. So that's the wrong answer. The answer is Mashiach. All right, I said 15, but we're just going to do those because, you know, my kids are in school. I don't have time to sit here and do riddles when I could be doing something else like telling you about Get Fit Ima, also known as Ilanit the Fabulous. Ilanit lives here in Israel. She is a high-energy just a joyful person and her passion in life is helping women get fit that's what she cares about she's one of those she exercises she's excited about it she's making smoothies and i have a link for you just for you guys it's a free three-day take control of your food challenge it's plug and play i've worked with her she helped me kick the sugar habit in seven days and she's just full of motivation so if you want to get excited and start today then go over to my show notes, click on the link, and you will have Ilanit in your inbox. It's not complicated, no diets, no measuring, no counting. That's not what it's about. It's about just a healthy mindset. So head over to the link, 
sign up for her three-day inbox challenge, and I will see you at the beach. All right, let's talk about what other kids around the world do to celebrate the first day of school. I would talk about what parents do around the world, but this is a family-friendly show. First day of school traditions worldwide. In Germany, they march to school. <laughs> first graders are treated to a cone of goodies packed with sweets, school supplies, and small gifts. They're called Schultut. Schultut. Kind of like a, a cone-shaped shalachmanis. I don't know, the kid looking. Oh, this is a Russian kid. All right, moving on. Russian kids get flowers, a white ribbon in their hair for the girls, and everyone gets a potato for lunch. Or I added that. Um, in, in Kazakhstan, ooh, what do they do in Kazakhstan? They ride their donkeys to school. <laughs> uh, um, what They get a gift from their parents, sweets, candle, and a pencil. Why candle, I guess, to... This is no electricity in Kazakhstan. Um, in Japan, so cute. I don't know. Japanese kids just, they always look so organized. Um, they take seaweed and eggs to school. I'm not making that up. Quail eggs and seaweed to school. Japanese people are just different. Um, in India, it's monsoon season. Yeah, that was terrible flooding in Pakistan, by the way. We need to pray for humanity. Um, you take an umbrella to school. That makes sense. In Italy, you wear a smock because Italians are very creative and we want to draw and we want to paint. So we wear a smock, I think. Um, in Holland, I was in Amsterdam. Oh, this is so amazing. In Amsterdam, kids of all ages are on the backs of their ki- of their parents' bikes. It's like such a normal thing. And, and they have their school supplies and their helmet and they're wearing their uniforms and their new shoes and everyone's on bicycles. It's just the culture there. Thousands and thousands of people. We were there a few years ago. I looked out the window on one of the main streets and it was just nonstop parents, children, and it was raining and whatever, but this is how people get to school. And in Israel, you celebrate by giving your kid an Arctic and sending them on their way and telling them, look out for Arabs, be a good boy, and don't put your head too close to another kid's. Be nice to your, fr- be nice to your friends. Yalda tova. And then you slam the door. <laughs> All right, there you have it. This week's episode of the Weekly Squeeze. Thank you so much for your comments. Somebody commented on the podcast. ED commented, light, super informative, exclamation mark. I'll take it. And super unique. Thank you so much. That is the Weekly Squeeze indeed. Come for the good news. I'm going to share as much good news as I can. Oh, by the way, Gorbachev is dead. I didn't know he was alive, but that's what people are talking about. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on out there in the world. It's all news. As long as you have the squeeze, you are good to go. I will see you on Monday.